Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Morning, church. How are we doing today? Blessed. I love it. Justin, I know they started my preaching clock I saw when you came up here, so I'm going to reset that right now. <laughs> Actually, we got some stuff. We got some, we got some, some business to handle first. Uh, a few things. This is Fair Week. How many of you have, have, been, have been there? How many of you, like, that's just not even part of your culture? Like, you guys talk about it, but it's like, whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> fair, was, fair was one of those things growing up. It's like a core memory of mine. Um, it's kind of a family tradition thing, so it's kind of cool to see it in the eyes of my kids now. They're gravitating towards it. But for me now, the, the joy is twofold. The, you know, the fair stand, just having those conversations with, uh, with you on those, on those shifts that we, that we serve together has been beautiful. And number two, I praise God for uh, uh, parents who are taking my kids tonight, staying at the fair so I get a free night off. Amen. Amen? That's good stuff. But, uh, hey, wasn't it so good to have Bailey preach last week? I was just so proud, excited for him. Yeah. We got to send him off. We got to pray over him. And uh, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, I don't know how many of you know this. If you go on, like, wherever you get podcasts at, our sermon is up there every week. So if you just look up our Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, it's up there. So if you're ever traveling or or kind of miss it or don't want to watch it on Facebook, um, it's always a good way to stay stay filled. One or two, one of the things that as I, uh, one more thing and then I want to get into the word today. This will kind of segue us into there. You know, as I wrestled, and, you know, being a lead pastor was something, whatever that role is, was nothing, it was something that was never on my radar. And I knew that it, as the Lord was revealing himself to me through this process, that if I was going to do that, I was going to lead differently. I was going to still find out a way to continue to lead worship, to lead our people in worship, because I, I believe in that. And I kind of shared a little bit of my heart second service last week, or, yeah, and, uh, and, 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 because I, I just recognize that there's just different, different, uh, different strengths and different weaknesses here in the life of the church, and as a, collectively as a body of Christ, when we come together and we just we just do the things that uh, that we're wired for, that the body is is, is better for it. And for me, this is life giving, and so continue to do that. But part of part of being a lead pastor is you get you get certain rights, right? Amen. Amen. One of the rights, I don't know if you know this, my, my sister is our children's director, so one of my rights is I'm her boss. That's a good, that's a good thing. I enjoy that right. I enjoy being, being her, her boss. But one of the other things that I knew going into this was that beyond any perceived rights, and, and any leader understands this, is there's a level of responsibility and duty that comes with a position of leadership, a position of authority. And I leave this place every day. But the weight 
that I carry goes with me home and wherever I'm at. And I grieve with you. And um, it just wrecks me when I see families struggling and, and um, just putting other things first in life. And, and there's, because I understand that there's a duty and a weight and a responsibility with, with this position. And um, September 10th, I wanted to, uh, one of the things the Lord's placed on my heart is maybe to put some, uh, to, to offer a vision Sunday uh, for this church. And so September 10th, I want to I I share my heart with you, where I believe the Lord's leading us. And um, the reality is you come in here on, on a given Sunday, and you don't know who's leading worship and who's preaching, and what's up with that. And that's, <laughs> that's not like a lot of the things that we see, but um, there's a reason behind it, and there's intentionality um, to it. And I, I'd love to be able to share that. So uh, September 10th is Vision Sunday. I'm really excited to, to just share what the Lord's been teaching me over these last 12 months. And don't worry, uh, what you've seen over the last 11 months or so is kind of what's, what's going to continue to happen. And, but uh, as, as, as Dave and, and, and Justin and I just wrestle with, wrestle with the scripture and bring it before you each week. And so save the date. Hopefully you can, you can be a part of that. Um, all right. Maybe I'm just putting off the inevitable. Colossians 3. Start with verse 18. Go ahead and read the first few words. And, uh, and we'll get into it. But let's, uh, let's pray before we begin. Father, we need you. We need you. We need you. Lord, be a firm foundation for us. Everything that we sang, rooted on your love, that agape love, that selfless, conditional, unconditional love, God that Christ showed us. Lord, help us to do that in all things. We pray in Jesus' name. All right, Colossians 3, starting in verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. All the oxygen leaves the room. What? Paul, you chauvinist, what are you thinking? Like, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You just told us that we're all equals. Just a few verses earlier, you told us that, that, that we're equal in all things, and now you're, 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 you're kind of endorsing this hierarchy, and you're telling us what to do. Your wives submit, and husbands love, and what does that look like? Galatians 3 even reminds us, Paul's other words, that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. That there is, there is this, this level of equality, and here we are, you're handing out gender roles, and we're in the, first, we're in the 21st century now, and, and we've advanced beyond that. So what do we do with this passage today? As you see, a wives submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not... Be harsh with them. You see, our text today has a temptation to be charged. It's been used as a sword. It's been used as a hammer. This word submit carries with it these uh, less than slavish connotations that we can't escape. It's been abused even in the church. 
And so we hear these two sentences and we're often interpreted by our own lived experiences. For better or for worse, we see this because the reality is uh, experiences often shape how we read scripture. Not just here, but in the whole whole book. And so um, our experiences can cause us angst. When we read about a heavenly father, if we haven't first experienced the love of a, of a biological father, we don't understand the fatherly love, this, this, uh, this, this, this word. And how we read scripture has a lot to do with what we see. If we read it sympathetically with care or trust, we can see how Christ's lordship subtly deconstructs old habits and dominion and exploitation. If we read it suspiciously, hostility takes place. And so we see a word submit or we see uh, these different roles, the gender roles. And we say, what in the world do we do with this? Because we, our own experiences, our own lenses in which we read scripture, in which we see scripture um, are carried into this. And so what in the world do we do with this? Well, first we need to understand who Paul is writing to. We need a little context here. And so let's give some perspective to uh, the people in Colossae through a, a biblical lens in which Paul is speaking into. For, for, for them at that time, women and children and slaves were property to the patriarch. The marriage was important in maintaining stability and longevity in the family business that wives and husbands entered into this contractual agreement made between Two men, oftentimes, of two separate families, the two patriarchs, and it was made with social and economic reasons in mind. And so love is actually this, uh, would not have been even part of this equation. Everything was contractual in this context that Paul's writing to. And so it's this culture that Paul is asking wives to submit to their husbands. That's the word Sometimes that, that we despise the, the weighty word, right? It communicates being one subordinate. There's inferiority at play. Nothing about this seems equal. And so I just want to take some time today to unpack this because for me, it's, it's a little bit, I should have gave this passage to Bailey last week. This would have been a lot nicer if we were one, one week ahead. Um... But I hope that you can see today two things. One, that this passage is nothing like what you might expect. And that two, that you'll find that by the time we get done with these four verses today, that this is the best way to live. Because it's a godly way to live. This word here, to submit, We'll take the first, first verse here. Wives submit. That's the, that's the word. Kupatasso is the, is the word that we're used here. It's this voluntary choice to give of oneself. To not begrudgingly do it, but to submit willfully, cheerfully. This posture is actually, this, this word is actually used in, in, as Jesus is addressing his disciples. To be a servant, to submit. In Matthew 10, we read this. 
that Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, right? This, this, this order, this hierarchical order. Not so with you, he said. And this is the same word that we're talking about today. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so it's the same word here that Paul's using that he's, he's saying, hey, this is how Christ taught us to live. And so wives do this as is fitting unto the Lord. This posture of fitting because it's how Jesus lived. Submit because it's fitting to the Lord. The translation is, since Christ modeled submission for all, wives submit to Submit as you would to Christ, for this is fitting to the Lord. This is how your Lord modeled it. Not because your husband has the right for you to submit to him, but because Jesus modeled it for us first. And I think at the heart of, uh, of, a, uh, of a, a phrase like this, or every, every time we... we we come across opportunities to, to serve others. We can use verse 18 or we can even use Jesus' words to his disciples. You see, what was the disciples' motivation here? They're, they're arguing on who will be first in the kingdom and who's going to sit at Jesus' right and left hand and, and who's going to do all these things and who, who's earned it, right? And at the end of the day, I think a lot of times... In the, for us in this, this art of dying to self and putting on Christ, we want to know what our rights are. What are my rights? We've been conditioned by our culture to ask that question, right? What are my rights as a citizen? What are my rights as a son or daughter? What are my rights as a, as a, as a husband or, or a wife? What are my rights in the workplace? Because I need to get what I deserve. We live in America, we love our rights. The only problem is, rights also come with responsibilities. And we don't like those as much. And so in a culture where we're all vying for rights, no one, no one wants to take the responsibility that comes with those. The duty, the obligation, the weight. And Jesus is saying in, in Mark 10 here, listen, I am Lord. There's things that I deserve that are my rights, except I came down to serve. The Son of Man did not come down to be served, but to serve, to go lower, because you see, the heart of a servant is to continue to go lower. And I recognize, even as your pastor, there is nothing beneath me. As I, 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 I remember exactly where I was sitting and I will never forget. As Pastor Dave Lutz was right here and he looked at me, he said, Ben, there's nothing beneath you. You are the servant above all. And this, this, this word submission here is to willingly give of oneself, joyfully, 
to submit, to give of oneself because Christ modeled it. It's fitting to the Lord. It's fitting to Christ. And so forget about your rights and live as Christ. Put on Christ. You see, it's a continuation of the beginning of chapter 3. Where we're putting off all these other things and you're putting on all the new things. Right? And so this is, if, if you read the, the whole thing in totality, the byproduct of this is that in all of our relationships, we act as Christ. And so Paul uses this illustration as a teaching moment. The kingdom ethic of submitting to one another. And I know what you're thinking. I just read the next verse. It says husbands love. It doesn't tell them to submit to anything. What are you saying submit to each other? I'm glad you asked. It says husbands love your wives. And do not be harsh with them. Wives submit, husbands love. The reality is husbands, by their position in the economy of, of the world in this letter, remember we talked about their, their, their patriarchal position in this. Now they are present, the kingdom just, they just got smacked with the kingdom of God. Because in their high position, Jesus says, okay, love, agape love, not eros, not this passionate love, uh, romantic, passionate love. Not the easy kind of feelings-based lust love that we talk about in our culture where, where love is just doing what you, what you feel like and what feels good to you and your body and, 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 and your pleasures, but the real kind of love, the agape love. It says agape love your wives as Christ did. Do not be harsh with them. Be gentle. This word agape is unconditional, selfless, and sacrificial. It's the way Jesus loved us, continues to love us. Paul is telling the patriarchal husband to agape his wife. That his wife no longer is his property, but is actually above him and how he should treat her. How many read this passage and walk away seeing the husbands as the greater, ser- the, the greater servant here? This is what they're called to here. The love is unconditional. Love is selfless. Love is sacrificial. And so when we have these two playing off of each other, You'll see that actually agape love also includes voluntarily giving of oneself to the other. And so the husband and wife are both called to this this giving away of self, not claiming to rights, but understanding their duty and their call and their role. And so this love involves showing compassion and empathy and kindness towards others, especially in difficult situations and circumstances. It's a love that seeks the best for the other person regardless of the situation. I feel like I'm preaching a, a, uh, at a wedding. Unashamedly, I, I, I tell 
tell those getting married, if you just try to outlove one another in all things, unconditionally, selflessly, giving of yourself, you have nothing to worry about. I'm still working on this. We're all still working on this. Because it takes a regular dying to Christ, dying to ourselves and living into all that he's called us to be for him. As a pastor, one of the biggest things, one of my, one of the greatest tragedies is seeing a husband exert his authority with no love. So you completely miss it. So in a selfishness, doesn't love his wife well, love his family well. It's self-seeking, right? That he hasn't died to the things of this world, the things that we're all called to, to put off in Colossians 3. The coarse joking, the greed, the abusive or abrasive speech in the home or in the workplace. A husband that's reactive and selfish. They love it when it fits them. And I understand why. There are many reasons why. First off, it's natural to be selfish. To not love. To, to give of oneself fully. It's countercultural. Maybe it hasn't been modeled because this passage has been abused in the church. And I'm not going to get into the marriage roles today because that's not what this is about. This is about putting on Christ in wherever role you find yourself in. In wherever you find yourself. Do it to the best of your ability. And so what he's actually saying here is wives... It's fitting to love, it's fitting to the Lord that you submit to your husband's love. That you submit to his, his selfless care of you. And vice versa. To submit to his unconditional care for you. His sacrificial care for you. Submit to that. Willingly give of yourself to that, he's saying. Willingly give of yourself to the servant love of your husbands. I tried to insert humor all week long with this whole passage. It just wasn't coming. Because reality is this stuff's heavy it's been abused and it's led to broken families because we're broken people and we try to find our own way and I recognize that there are wives in this room 
who their husbands are not faithful to Christ, who aren't believers. And it grieves them. And they've prayed for years and for decades that their husbands might come to the saving knowledge of Christ. But guess what? They've understood that in their, in their willful giving of themselves to love their husband, to pray for their husband, that's what's going to win him. Not undercutting him, chastising him, rebuking him, but serving him, loving him the way Christ did for his church. That, that those actions are what is going to bring husbands along. I look across this room and I know that that's some couple's testimony. Praise be to God. That the faithfulness of wives in living out their part of this and not waiting for the other one to do it first demonstrated a heart of compassion. Showed husbands who weren't walking with Christ a glimpse of what Christ looks like and the way you respond and the way you love and the way you care. You see, today is not about gender roles. Paul is saying, be Christ-like in whatever relational dynamic you find yourself in. Put on me to the best of your ability. We move on. It gets a little lighter here. Children, it's Exodus 20, right? Obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. This is something I'm noticing right now. I just need to, our kids need to say this every night. We need to, this needs to be their next memory verse that they, that they learn. <laughs> kids, obey your parents. This pleases God. If you want to please God, do what we say right away in the first time we ask. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Paul moves from husbands to wife dynamic to the children and the father. Again, the father had all the rights, and so this would have been, this would have been, fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. But this is for, this is for, for moms and dads. Simply by addressing the children in this passage, Paul's humanizing them. Remember Jesus' words, let the children come to me. Children were a little bit better than slaves. They were, um, they were to be used, they were to be brought up, they were to be part of the family business. Um, they were never to dishonor the father. That's why the prodigal son is such a powerful I mean, you know, when he came home to his dad, that his dad had every right to kill him. The prodigal son is the one where he just wanted his inheritance before he wished his dad dead, left him, squandered it all, disowned the family name, came home. And the father just ran to him. so inappropriate, so undignified in that time that the patriarchal father would have done that. 
And so it's in this posture, in this new kingdom way of thinking between children and their parents. Paul's saying, hey, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. You see, the children's obedience to their parents is transformed into obedience in the Lord. Paul's recognizing here that when they when they obey their children, when, when children obey their parents, it's fitting, it's, 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 it's good, it pleases God. And so kids are to do that to their parents, to honor them, to obey them in this way. Obey like Christ obeyed the Father. I think of, of Christ when his time had come praying, Lord, pass, Father, pass this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. Christ exemplified obedience to the Father. Children are called to do the same thing in earthly relationships. This is to bring the kingdom of God down to earth. Fathers, do not embitter your children. The relationship between Father and Christ, this, this gift to parents and children. Discipline and encourage your children in equal amounts. It's grace and truth, right? Don't, don't just... Give your kids the, the time of day when they do something wrong and correct them and correct them and correct them. Finding this out with our own kids. Encourage, build them up. And then correct them. Build them up, correct them. Build them up, correct them. If all you do is ever correct them, how will they experience the love that the parent has for them? And if all you do is just permit them to do whatever they want to do, how is that love? It wrecks them. And so he's saying, balance this out. Don't embitter them. And I think at the heart of, of, of what this passage is speaking into today is in, in whatever relational dynamic I find myself in? Am I being a servant? Am I loving well? Am I giving all that I have? He, he, he talks through these in pairs. First is the inferior, then the dominant. In the context of, of, of who he's writing to. Wives, then husbands. Children, and fathers. Come back next week. Dave gets slaves and masters. If there's one thing I've learned, it's one of the best ways to check on how well this new life in Christ is taking hold in me, is taking root in my life, is to take an inventory. 
of my own relationships? How am I treating others in this world of where there's, where there's powerful and less powerful? I wrote these two questions down. How do I treat those less powerful, maybe with less authority in my life than me? Do I exercise my position and my rights and authority and lord it over them, or do I love and live as a servant of all, where nothing is beneath me? Am I a servant leader because my responsibility is greater than my rights, that I lean into my responsibility over my rights, that the higher the status and the, the influence and the power, the lower I serve? Because that's our responsibility. How do I treat those in power and authority over me? Am I embittered towards them? Am I resentful? Do I want to rebel and create hostility? Do I fight for the rights I believe I deserve? Or do I serve cheerfully, honorably, willingly, showing another side of the kingdom ethic? You see, through structures on this side of eternity, not all things are equal. That's just the reality of the world we live in. But in this, in this world, how can we love and show compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience? Because the essence of the gospel and what Christ came to show us and, and tell us was that the greatest become servant of all. The greatest becomes servant of all. It's less about our rights and more about our responsibilities. To me, we end at the table because Paul's calling all of us to Christ-likeness. Wives, show your oneness in Christ by submitting to one as Christ did for all. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved himself by giving of himself completely. Children, honor and obey in all seasons. Guess what? I'm not talking to adolescents. If your biological parent is on this earth, then you have a, a duty and an obligation to honor them, to care for them, to love them, to respect them. Just because you turn 18 doesn't mean you move into one category and out of the other. Because the kingdom ethic is continuing to honor and to love, to obey. Fathers, no matter how, and mothers, no matter how old your kids are. Your parenting evolves, right? It takes a different shape. It becomes mentor and all of these other things. But I'm thankful for the continued encouragement 
and correction of my parents. I seek that. Because there was wisdom there. If we're all seeking all things into Christ, my favorite passages in all of Scripture, Philippians 2. I think this sums up everything. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to death, even death on a cross. He served, he was obedient. This is our model. So as you prepare, as we prepare our hearts today, I don't know where you're at. Maybe there's reconciliation that needs to happen. Maybe there's someone not in the room right now that you need to text. There's permission for that. But we come to the table because Christ modeled this for us. We come to the table in a posture, all of us, of submission, of love, of obedience to Christ. This is our call. Would you stand this morning? night that he was betrayed took the bread and he broke it he gave thanks he says this bread represents it willingly represents my obedience to the father a body broken for you Because I am Lord of the universe, I have become servant of all. To you, to you, to you, to you. It says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me in the cup. Blessed. It says, this is my body poured out. Forgiveness of sin. Is my love poured out for you? As often as you take of this bread and drink of this cup, would you do this in remembrance of me as a model for how you ought to live as well?
emptying yourself for the sake of others, wherever you find yourself. Willingly giving of yourself, willingly loving, joyfully loving others. As I have so loved you. You see, the kingdom of God is different than this world. It's not about raising some huge stink, throwing stuff around. That's why they killed him. Because they were so disappointed that he came in as a lamb when they wanted a lion to come in and devour everything, all the injustices. He says, no, this is the way to do it. Believe me in that. That all the wrongs will be made right if you live as I have modeled you. And so, Father, we come to the table today. Lord, first, would you search our hearts? Lord, that if there's someone in our family that we've wronged, that we've not honored, not loved, not willingly given ourselves to, that if there's strife, Lord, I pray that we would make that right before coming to the table. Maybe it's the person next to us. Maybe they're half a country away. What are we doing here if we're not willing to be authentic, transparent, to put on Christ is to die to self? So we do that. Lord, we thank you for the body and the blood poured out for us. And we come to the table now, remembering all that we have is through you, in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come to the table. There's one in the center here and two on each side. Would you come and receive? my 
prayer today will be more like Christ in all things. We submit because Christ submitted himself. We love because Christ first loved us. We're obedient to our Father because Christ was obedient to his. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, Father, as we go today, may we be a sent people submitting to your will through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, being sent out by the love of Christ because of his, he gave his life for us, being obedient to the Father. May we be a sent people, being the hands and feet this week. In Jesus' name we pray all things. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, Find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.